0: Up your for truth with a texas twang fireside talk radio
1: Welcome to Camp Craffy's Fireside Talk Radio, where our goal is to ponder over all the tried and true stuff women store in our hearts as we knit our families together in lifelong fellowship. Our favorite verse on this show is Luke 219, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart.
2: Good job. <laughs> you
0: did great.
1: <laughs> Welcome to the show, mom. We're so glad you're here. <laughs> This is Anna Crafty Pierce, and I am co-hosting with my mom, Kathy Craffy, and
2: she let me do the intro. Yay! I am so <laughs> proud of you. You did great, but I feel a little weird because I gave her my big headphones. Okay, so we're going to be talking about... Do you want to introduce what, the topic?
1: We are talking about Rebellion in Teenagers, oh, which dear. I changed your title because I think Rebellious Teenagers is kind of giving teenagers bad rap. Yeah, that's I true. I think Rebellion in Teenagers is a better title because... There's rebellion in my heart and I am way past being a teenager.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I'm just going to absorb that because I know I deal with rebellion not as much as I used to. So I don't think of myself as a rebellious person anymore. And there are times when rebellion is appropriate. Let's tell the truth, but not always and not often. I regularly open my prayers to God
1: with, God, I am thankful you are God and I am not. And it's said with
2: lots of attitude. Yeah, and I'm not (laughs) sure. rebellion is actually not appropriate, but there are times when we have to stand up for what is right. And because it is contrary to the culture, the people around us take that that. as rebellion, Mm -hmm. but it's really submission to God in, in spite of circumstances. So what we want to do is talk a little bit about what it means to, to not, to have teenagers that are, that are, trying to be independent and and guiding them so rebellion does not become a theme of their life and self-destructive. And in speaking of when it is appropriate
1: to stand for what you know is true, I love the definition that mom has of civility. Yeah. Because you can stand for what is true and you can be very civil about it.
2: Okay. So you want me to do the definition? Yes, let's start okay. with that. So we're talking about I said rebellious teenagers. I guess we're going to say rebellion in teenagers. (laughs) Teenagers. We're just talking about teenagers. I don't even believe in teenagers. So we'll have to begin with that. But let's start with our definition of civility because I think it really relates. This is a great uh, character quality that we want to develop in our children. So civility is stewarding emotional energy wisely for self-restraint and self-discipline in behavior and when speaking to others. I love that. That's a really long definition. I couldn't think of how to edit that down. I bet I have some editors groaning if they're listening in, but I wanted to get all those different parts because when we're talking about civility to be mature with your tongue is really a hard thing. James is, devotes a quite a bit to that in the Bible about restraining your tongue. And so it takes a lot of self-restraint and self-discipline to behave respectfully and to speak to others respectfully, especially when you don't agree. We're living in a very contentious time in America. And so I just wanted to begin there. When we talk about rebellion and contentiousness, I also wanted to include civility in there. Okay, so do you want to do Bible verses, quotes, or stories to begin, Anna? Well, I—I I know this sounds crazy, and you just read the definition, but
1: to me, the part that sticks out, and I want to mention it, is stewarding emotional energy wisely. Yeah. Because I—I, I, it's vague. It's getting vaguer every year. But I remember being a teenager, and more more recently, I'm in a parallel being pregnant, and being emotionally overwhelmed. Yeah. Because I physically was so drained. And there were so many, it felt like, it felt like, mind you, there, it may not have been true, but it felt like there were so many things coming at me yes. and I felt overwhelmed. And so therefore it was hard to be civil. So this idea of stewarding emotional energy wisely with purpose, yeah, I, I, even as an adult and a, and a grown woman, I, I love that phrase. I recently, the reason I paralleled pregnancy in that sentence was I realized the growth hormones inside me when I was pregnant with my kids were really setting me up well to be empathetic with them when they hit growth spurts because growth hormones are very draining. (laughs) And as an adult, really the only time you experience them is when you're growing a baby. Oh, wow. That's so interesting. They're very, your emotions as when you're pregnant,
2: just spike all over, just like a teenager, just like a three-year-old with their temper tantrums. Yes. And I have noticed old people can be kind of teenagery maybe, in their attitudes. Maybe too. they're having chemical changes too. Yeah, the bad attitudes. I haven't attitudes, experienced that yet. They kind of resurface when you get to be an old grumpy person. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to talk a little bit about um, something you said, and it's already left me because I'm still thinking about being grumpy as an old person and rebellion. You're not grumpy. Being worn out. Well, I try not. <laughs> I try not to be, but I don't. My 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 son kind of paid me a compliment not long ago. This has been the last few years. He said, "Mom." Uh, you're really slowing down you have the energy of a 30 year old now <laughs> <laughs> that's so true okay so oh. I want to talk a little bit about first of all I think I should explain why I don't believe in teenagers because I do have pediatrician friends who tell me that there is a stage where your hormones kick in and obviously I believe in puberty but I, I always told my girls oh and now I remembered what I wanted to tell you on a I don't know that I stewarded your teenage years so well. When you say there was a lot of stuff coming at you, probably a lot of that was my fear and anxiety about being a teenager because I had been such a rebellious child. There were a lot of things going on in my family upbringing that set me up to be somewhat independent and rebellious, even rebellious.
1: I remember
2: my teenage years as being pretty anticlimactic
1: to most of my friends, which is lovely. Yeah. And, And you very graciously learning. And I know it was a learning curve now because I'm a parent and every day is a learning curve. And you, you go to bed at night thinking, well, I messed that one up. (laughs) Luckily God's going to give me another chance tomorrow. Um, but I remember it being fairly smooth sailing until I hit 17. Yeah. And it's only a super vague memory. The only reason it stood out is you referenced it a few times later when I was long past it and it would no longer offend me.
0: Yeah. But you
1: said that year was more of a struggle from your perspective too. Yes. And so that there was that, but overall, the things that you did and the philosophy of treating us
2: as no longer children, right, really worked well. OK, so that's what I started to say. And then I got distracted. So I don't believe in teenagers. I believe that if you're uh, you're a, a child, then you're not able to pr- reproduce kids. But once you go through puberty, you're an adult because you then have the ability to reproduce and that makes you an adult. Now, that doesn't mean that I think 13-year-old girls or 14-year-old girls should be married or any of that, obviously. Well,
1: and there's a difference between the physical definition of adulthood yeah. and a mature person. Yes. Because at any age, you can be mature. I had, at one point, I thought I had the most world's most mature three-year-old because <laughs> they yeah. were delightful. They had arrived and then they turned four and we had a whole new struggle. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and every stage, God is so gracious, He gives us time to figure things out. And every stage of life can be like that. You can be a mature adult.
2: Yeah. Or
1: you can be a very immature adult who is very self-centered.
2: Yeah. Just like
1: being in your teens.
2: Yes. And I think that's what I and sometimes I hear grandparents say, Well, I've already raised my kids, now I get to play. And I think, well, that's kind of bratty of you to say <laughs> that. I try not to say that out loud because it would not be civil.
1: Well, if you said it now, it would be very hypocritical. Now you've upped the game on grandparenthood.
2: I don't know. I try to I try to be available to help. But uh, anyway, yeah, with the I don't know what that means actually. I'm just we're just having fun together here. Okay, so I think I think it might be time for let's do a Bible verse. Good. <laughs> okay, I love this. Where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he, Proverbs 29, 18. So there is a place for law and structure, and especially in families, some authority. I like what Jesus, uh, his interaction with the centurion when he said, when the centurion said, I too am a man under authority. I say, come and people come. I say, go, they go. And, and so Jesus was so touched by the centurion's understanding of his authority that he would compare it to being a leader like that. So I, it's kind of interesting, Anna, when you mentioned there's physical, emotional and spiritual maturity. And that centurion, I think, was probably making a connection between the physical world compared to the spiritual realm where Jesus had so much authority. So that was no wonder Jesus was amazed by his insight. And we talk about teenagers and 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 we also mentioned that in any
1: stage of life, you can be rebellious. The goal is always to be mature in the stage of life. And I love this definition of civility because it is hard work. Yes. And, and living a life under authority is hard work. And being civil is not an easy thing to do. And part of, I think one of the reasons that my teenage years were relatively smooth sailing as we went, even though I had all the normal overwhelmness, was because you guys made sure that we had work worthy of our powers. We always had an opportunity to volunteer or some new piece of knowledge we were pursuing. We had a younger sibling we were helping care for.
2: Yeah. It was
1: dear the way you gave us good work that we got to pursue and, and you gave us the, a little bit, enough freedom. We got to pursue it in a way that suited our personalities and our new powers and our desire for freedom as
2: teenagers. Yeah, I always told your brother, especially because he really pushed against the authority. And I think young leaders do that. I think it's part of how they learn. So I want to talk a little bit about that kind of leadership that pushes against a, a, a parent in case you're raising a young leader and you're wondering what's going on here. This kid used to be mature and smart and now he's just a pain and rebellious. Yeah. So if that's you, I want you to stay with us. Cause we'll talk a little bit about that. I'm going to make a note right here to talk about leadership that pushes back. Um, but anyway, so we, my son did that. And and I used to tell him, nobody wants you to be autonomous more than me. I really want you to be an adult male that is a good leader and has authority. That is our goal. We're looking for that together. So I think it's really important to give your kids a vision for what their adulthood is going to look like and how you can help them get there. That really helps, I think. So you're listening to Kathycrafty.com, K-R-A, F is in Frank, V is in Victor, E is in Edward.com, where we speak truth with a Texas twang. And we're going to put all this in a blog, but stay with us. We have more to talk about when we come back. We're going to talk about leadership that especially your kids that may be potential future leaders and how they might be pushing back on you in ways that make you very uncomfortable right now. If you think you might have a rebellious teenager, we want to teach you how to have a teenager who's learning to be autonomous instead.
0: We don't want to miss a moment at Fireside Talk Radio, so stay tuned for more adventures as we talk about the things women store and ponder in their hearts. More truth with a Texas twang when we return. You all to see my blue-eyed Sally. She lives way down on Shimbone Alley. The number on the gate the number on the door. In the next house over, it's a grocery
2: Help me, Toginet. You're my only hope. I want to start a podcast, but I simply don't have time. How do I take care of the details? Editing? Contacting guests? Where do I put it so that people can listen in?
0: Fear not. The podcasting wizards here at Toginet can take care of all of the details because we provide full-service podcasting for all of our hosts so that you can focus on your message. We even build you a webpage that you can edit. And we send your podcast out to Spotify and iTunes so that your message is easy to find.
2: Wow, you can do all of that? You've magically cured my anxiety. Where do I sign up?
0: You can find all of our packages on our website, toginet.com. That's T-O-G-I-N-E-T dot com. If you would like to talk to one of us, call us at 903-787-5880 or email us at staff at toginetradio.com.
2: Want to move from coexisting to cherished? From isolated to influential? Hi, this is Kathy. Just for you, we have two books out now devoted to creating better conversations. Life-changing conversational adventures. Marriage Conversations, from coexisting to cherished, is 20 chapters packed with easy practical ideas. This is the book I wrote for my kids. It's brimming over with personal stories and stuff I learned the hard way. Then, The Well, the Art of Drawing Out Authentic Conversations explores over 40 different ways Jesus launched the woman at the well from lonely to leadership. You can find our books with our wonderful publishers, Cross River Media and Elk Lake Publishers, at local bookstores or at Amazon.com. Buy two, one to read out loud to your hubby and one to share with a friend. Order yours today and have your own conversational adventures tonight. What if I told you there was a new place for senior care? A place where mom's bathtub recitals are met with rousing applause? (laughs) Where Lola the Yorkie Poo has the run of the place? A place where corn dogs are on the menu whenever? Where mom built her life. Call Home Instead Senior Care at
0: 1-800-455-CARE or visit homeinstead.com to learn more about in-home services like 24-hour care, memory care, hospice support, and meals and nutrition. To thank our generous sponsors for making these candid conversations possible at Fireside Talk Radio, where Truth and Texas Twang meet. I saw miles and miles of Texas. Hey, welcome
2: back. We're talking about having rebellion in our homes, especially if you have teenagers. But it starts early, and we all know that we love to make our own choices and we have a will of our own. Anna, it used to bug me. Sometimes parents would say, about their teenage or their adult children, they'd go, well, they have a will of their own. And that was like their excuse. Like as a parent, they couldn't control the child. And I totally agree with that. But this is not too civil of me, I guess. But I sometimes would say to my close friends, okay, your children do have a will of their own, but you are responsible for your decisions as a parent. So you have a will of your own too, and you have to step up. You can't just let this go. So that was a... You know, to me, sure, your kids have a will of their own, but as a parent, we do too. I know when a child is pushing back, it is so painful because, you know, know, especially in my case, I'd already lived through some terrible experiences and my own bad choices, and I just wanted to save my kids from that if I could. So if you're living in that moment right now, and that's why you found this podcast, we have some great ideas for you that will help, I believe. So go ahead. I have a new prayer because of a,
1: a sweet kind of moment with my son today. It was not sweet at the time. And But my new prayer as things in our life, as we're struggling with our emotions as a family, I'm going to start asking God, show me your provision. Oh, because today we're walking through the, the grocery store and, and in the dearest way, I saw God's provision. So my son had a moment of unexpectedness. He thought life was going to go the way he expected and it did not. And he struggled with his attitude. And he struggled well. He chose to obey, but he was furious. And and so, and I I couldn't fix that for him. And I I wanted to, but I knew I was holding him accountable for the right thing. He needs to have a good work ethic because I want him to be able to provide for a family someday if that's the opportunity God gives him. So, and for himself too, whether or not he has a family. So we did the hard work. We got in the car. He is still unhappy and we have to go to the grocery store. And if you've ever taken an unhappy seven-year-old to the grocery store, you know that that is really hard work. Murder. It is. <laughs> it is. I was so not in a good place as a mom and I'm telling them they're dear to me. And in my heart, I'm talking to God about it because, mm. and we get there and we're on the cake aisle and I can probably tell you what I was reading because this is so impactful to me, like which cake mix I'm looking at. My kids are on either side. They're in my space because if I let them out of it, something's going to go wrong because we're having big emotions. And a man on a scooter, I wish I could know for sure he was listening so he could hear me say this. He comes up behind us, an older gentleman, and he says, oh, it looks like you have really good children. They just look like they're excellent kids. And I said, oh, I have the best kids. They're amazing and wonderful because that's what I always say, because it's true. Even when we're struggling, it's just innately true of them because God made them. And I respond like that, and he asked if he could give him something. And I hesitated because our culture is so weird that it's undermined my ability to be enthusiastic about people I don't know with my yes, kids. Yeah. And so I, I hesitated, he saw my hesitation and I asked, Well, is it food? Because I didn't I didn't want to accept candy from a stranger. And he goes, No, no. And he he said it's nothing weird or gross. I said, All right, please, sir, what do you have? That gentleman and his dearness pulled out two two dollar bills my children I've never seen them before handed them each a two dollar bill and it turned my little sons a total strangers generosity turned his whole attitude around.
2: oh my goodness
1: and we walked out of there with him being his normal joyful oh. presence again and I couldn't do it for him as his mom I could not do that and that total stranger did.
2: I love that God's so much.
1: provision and just a small thing in our world. It makes me want to carry
2: $2 bills around with me.
1: Well, that's what <laughs> we walked away with. That was my son's resolution. When he is an older gentleman, he tells me he's going to carry $2 bills in his pocket. Well, <laughs>
2: it was pretty funny. I had to, she just told me that over the break. I was like, please share that during the show. Uh, I asked her though, is it Susan B. Anthony, Susan B. Anthony must be on the $2 coin. I have no idea. I can't keep up with that. <laughs> so who's, so who's on the $2 bill? I think it's Jackson. Okay. He was kind of a controversial president, which is kind of its own
1: interesting thing. Well, I don't look it up. Don't quote me on that because I just glanced at him. The main thing for me was that that gentleman's generosity and his identifying us as having value, even though we were struggling with our attitudes, with my sweet son's temptation to rebel, even though he knows I want good things for him.
2: Yeah. He changed our whole day. Well, I love that so much. It reminds me of uh, angels unaware. Sometimes we entertain angels. We don't even know it because... They're so incognito. Okay, so when leadership, so here's what I see about that, and I see this in a lot of families. When you have a child that tends to want to push back, they do have a strong will. They might have a really engaging mind that is able to reason very logically and they feel good about their confident about their ability to think. And so they push back on you because and those are that's a leader in the making. The problem is they don't understand authority yet. So I want to give you just a real quick uh, couple of things. I want you, Ana, when I finish, don't forget, I want to talk about what you said about powerlessness. Oh, yes. How that uh, inspires rebellion. But also I want to say when we have kids that are going to be leaders someday, it is such a privilege to raise them. And it's really important to note those characteristics when they're young so that you can help them understand the proper response that a leader has to those who follow. So having confident ab- confidence about the decisions you were making today so that you were able to stand firm on your decision, Anna, that teaches him. I know it's hard. And I, had I had moms smiling at me from across the room because they understood where I was
1: and what I was doing, and they were encouraging me. Total Aww. strange moms at, at, our, at our dear... Um, team where they where we were struggling. <laughs> we were the struggling family this, Whoa, this morning.
2: <laughs> that's awful. And I hate that. It happens to everybody, but it's still terrible. Which is why they were smiling at me to encourage me. Like essentially I had moms looking at me with,
1: you've got this in their
2: eyes. <laughs> okay. So in those moments when that happens, what I want to say to you, just to put one more little th- tool in your toolbox is when you teach your, your young leaders in your home, that as a leader, you can be confident, firm, and kind, and that the expectation is that they will respond kindly back. What you've done is you've taught them what the norms should be. Now, they're going to get out there, and they're going to be leading people who are really messy, and they're not going to respond kindly, and that's okay. You've still given that reference point to your child, like, I've done what is right, theoretically, my, the people who follow me should respond with and the right expectation. You've done them a huge favor. So I really want to encourage you to stand strong like Anna was talking about. Okay, talk so the Bible does tell us not to provoke our children to anger. So tell me, Anna, why you, you said you thought powerlessness was what what, you know manifested itself as frustration.
1: Well, okay, so my dear beloved son came up to me and and he had he was uncomfortable. Something about the sport, you know, he'd gotten a little injured, like a, a skin knee. In this case, he'd blown his nose, a little blood came out in the tissue yeah, and okay. it was a little painful. And so he thought he was done. Oh. And I told, I essentially told him that, well, when you skin your knee, you don't quit walking all day. <laughs> <laughs> Go back over there to your coach and you participate in the team activity till the team activity is over.
0: Oh, wow. And if you're
1: uncomfortable, you get to push through. This is our commitment that we are doing. Oh, wow. And I'm going to sit here in the heat and do it with you. This is what we're doing. And, and, oh, he did not want to hear that. He did not want to hear that. And then he, he started to tear up because he is overwhelmed by his emotions. And I said, and if you cry, you still have to do it and it will be harder. Oh, and so he, he thought about it and he sat on his emotions and he very slowly started to walk away. And I said, and if you don't make it back to your team before this is over, there will be consequences afterwards. It was this whole domino series of him trying to not do the thing I'm telling him that we are (laughs) going to do, but he obeyed and he did it. And afterwards he was still unhappy, but at that point he'd had to do what someone else told him, me, his mommy loves him. And he felt like his whole day was out of his control. And, and, and when your emotions are overpowering you, because at that point he was frustrated and angry
2: and overwhelmed, that also makes you feel like you're powerless. Like you're out of control. Well, and you know, what's interesting about that is I've heard somebody say that injustice makes us really mad as humans, that Uh you see people that are angry, they feel that there's some kind of injustice happening. So he felt that you were being unjust. Obviously, he had blood. He should be be able to stop. (laughs) He He expected me to pick him up and pat his back and care for his wounds. sweet baby. Yes. But you know more than he does how important it is for him to be strong in life. And so you were able to be confident. I pray over my future daughter-in-law. And she may not
1: exist, he may be single forever, but I pray over her and I want good things for her if she exists. And so I need to raise a son who can lead his family well someday. Well, and he, so
2: he needs to be able to push through uncomfortableness. So when they feel powerless, I used to tell our son, you may not be the boss of anything else in this situation, but you are the boss of your attitude. So you get to choose which attitude you have. Know you know we did?
1: Uh-huh. I had one minute left. I sent him to his coach to say thank you because his coach Aww. worked twice as hard because his coach managed his own attitude and my son's.
2: Aww. So my son, it was hard for him. I mean, you guys, I'm so proud of him, but he went over there and thanked him. Oh, that's so sweet. I love it. Yeah. I'll always remember to thank the coaches and the people that volunteer in our kids lives. That's important. If you're raising a rebellious child, I just want you to know that child is in rebellion, but we're not going to label them as rebellious. We're going to label them as a future leader and you are the coach for the job. And we want to thank you for that. You can find all this at KathyCraffy.com. K-R-A-F is in Frank. V is in Victor. E is in Edward.com, where we speak truth with a Texas twang. On and I are so glad you joined us Thank today. Thank you. We really appreciate you and we love the good work you're doing in your home.
0: Thank you for joining us today where we speak truth with a Texas twang.